Okay, let's get into Parshas Truma, Tavshin, Pei Aleph. Again, tonight's Shia is sponsored, and all of our learning should be L'Refua Shalema, Shira, Bat, Devorah, Leah, Shira, Bat, Devorah, Leah. All of the learning should be L'Refua Shalema. Okay, let us get into Parshas Truma. Parshas Truma, and we have the uh, Mishkan. We have the real, the goal of Sefer Shmos. Again, some might say, what do you mean the goal of Sefer Shmos? You know, the past couple of Parshas have been very exciting. Now we get down to the nitty-gritty we get down to the details. Truma, Tetzave, Bayaka, Pakude. Okay, Kisis is also stories in the Cheta Egel. But as we know, the Ramban already tells us in the beginning of Sefer Shmos that this is called Sefer HaGeula. Remember, the, uh, the Ramban talks about it. <coughs> the Nitziv, if you're a member in the Hakdama uh, to Sefer Shmos, notes that according to some Gaonim, there's a name for each Sefer except for Shmos. Shmos is Sefer Sheni. Why? Because it's also the continuation of creation. Creation comes to fruition at the end of Sefer Shmos with Kodesh Baruch Hu resting his presence and the Hashras Hashchina in the Mishkan. So as we learn, uh, learn, learn and lane about the Mishkan, uh, let us remember that this is the vehicle. This is the vehicle really for Hashras Hashchina in our, in our lives. A couple of years ago we mentioned the amazing thought of, of uh, Rav Steinsaltz, where he noted that you know even though we might get caught up in uh, certain details of, of bolts and uh, boards and metal and gold and copper and so many details. We have to know every little detail for and every little bolt. But he noted he gave the muscle of, the, of, a, of a rocket ship. He says he built a rocket ship for, for years and years. And we say, what's the big deal of this nut and this bolt and this piece of metal? and it? Everything makes a difference. Because everything has to come together to be able to have that Hashras Hashchina brought down. A rocket ship is in the opposite. Do we have liftoff? We want lift down. That's the purpose of Hashras Hashchina in the Mishkan. And that is what we're going to talk about. Hopefully at the end we'll have, be able to have time for one or two thoughts also relating to Parsha Zachar and Purim. Haba Aleinu Litova. So let's start with the beginning. Hashem says to Moshe, Take Truma for me. Take Truma says Rashi, the Yikhuli Truma, Li Lishmi. Okay, that's to be Lishma. That's one discussion. Second Rashi on the Parsha. Truma Hafrasha. Truma means Hafrasha, a separation. Yafrishuli mi mamonam nidava. Be mafrish a nidava. Be mafrish for me. Separate a donation for me. Says Rav Zevin in his classic Creative style. Amazing. Really, there are three types of separations. Three types of separations that are possible. Uh, three physical separations, but each one does something different. One type of hafrasha, one type of separation, is just separating two parts. One part is not more important than the other part. One part is not more chashiv. Separation does nothing except to separate. Right by a carbon, by a carbon of oaf. Right, the difference between a chatas and an ola. Don't separate the wings. Ain hefers. That separation would that be significant? One wing is more important than the other wing. No, no. This is just hafrasha. Ain hefresh ben knav zelasheni. Ela shalo yafrid ben advekim. If I am harvesting dates, there's a different word in, in Mishnayis for har- harvesting. We could say harvesting grapes and olives and, and um, figs. It's all the same word, harvesting. But in Mishnah language, there's a different verb for every, for every one. So, habodel bitzmarim. When it comes to dates, bodel, havdala. So, again, when I separate dates, there's nothing significant about one date and the other date. Sa'aros muvdalozumizo, hairs that are separate from each other. Or, he quotes the Gemara in Mesechas Brachas. We know the Gemara tells us when we say Shema, we're supposed to leave space if the last letter of one word is the same as the beginning of the next word, so then we're supposed to leave space. What's called, Shilemudchatam shitin revach ben advekim. Separate. Al levavecha. Al levavchem. That separation is not signifying anything, it's not accomplishing anything, we'll see what the contrast is, but it's just separating two parts. It shouldn't be together. So you separate them, you separate 
marbles, anything. Say for Torah, you have to have space between each letter. It should be mubayas. There's a lot of symbolism to that, but for our purposes, that's Abdullah, that's separation. That's one type of hafrasha. But then there's another type. The yesh hafrasha, shemiachedas echad meachalakim measheni, umitzayenas also lechud. Another type of separation is where there's something special in this group. I'm going to separate it out because of its unique quality. It's not, though, that the separation causes the uniqueness and the special quality. No, it's the opposite. Because it's special, therefore, I separate. Aaron HaKohen was special, and therefore he is separated. Why do we give a covet to a Kohen? Right? Why, why is that a, a mitzvah say to be mechabed him? Because he's special. Because he has a higher kedusha. Therefore, he's separated. What do we do on, on, by Havdalah? By Kiddush, by Havdalah. The Ramam says they're both Daraisa. Right? Two sides of one coin. I separate between weekday and Shabbos. Why? Because Shabbos is different than weekday. It's Shabbos, even if I don't make Kiddush, so to speak. But, but I, my separation acknowledges it's different, and therefore this reflects that. Osim Avdala. Shabbos kviyavakayma. Shabbos is there no matter what. Vohi mukudeshes ba'atzmusa menachol. Right? It itself is inherently sanctified. Ubishvil kedusha sa'anam avdilin. Because it has inherent kedusha, that's why we make Avdala. Shabbos and weekday exist without me. But... We we note it. Ukshem she is yichud bekedusha ha'havdala ena b'shvil i akedusha shebachol ela b'shvil akedusha shebashabes kan yish yichud betuma. The opposite also. We separate people who are tamei to go mechutz l'machaneh. We're mafresh them. We're mavdil them. Why? Because they're different. There's a difference there, and therefore we separate to mark that difference. Avsham ein ha'hafrasha poelas as a yichud. Again, we'll see what category three is in a minute. But, says Rav, uh, Rav Zevin, the separation by sending somebody outside the machine is not causing the, separ- causing the status. The status is there beforehand. They have dealt him non-kosher animals. Kosher animals. They have dealt him separation of So we have separation of two parts that are exactly equal. We have separation of one part is special, one part is not, and therefore we separate. And finally, number three. Sometimes it's the opposite of number two. It's not that something is special and therefore I separate. It's the opposite. My separation causes it to be special. My separation itself uplifts what I'm separating, at least part of what I'm separating. When I separate Shumas and Maestros, what am I doing? It's not Shuma yet. There's, it's all Tevel, it's all Asur. The second that I'm Mafrish, I have now created a new status. I have uplifted part of my field, I have made it Shuma. I have made it Maestros. Kodim Afrasha Hakol Tevel. Before the Afrasha, it's all Tevel. And it sanctifies it. Exactly the opposite of the second type of Afrasha. That's what Rashi's telling us in this little Rashi. Rashi says, make their Nadavas for me. It's becoming hectish. This is a hafrasha type three. It's a separation, and it achieves the status. Trumas hamishkan I said, but move on zeshal hafrasha trumas and maestros yafrishu lima monam nedava ein nedava zu kedusha mikodem achein. It's chulin money. It's my money. It doesn't have any special status. Ela achshav im hafrashasa nasas kedusha nas the kedusha through the hafrasha it becomes sanctified. It's different than a shlamim, which is not by the shok. And he quotes from the Mizrahi, one of the classic commentaries on Rashi. 
Don't compare it to other afrashas. Maybe this is what it's driving at. That's the type of afrasha. It's an act which then achieves kedusha for one of the items. And says Rav Zevin, he ends off, as the Pasuk says later on, v'chein tasu. What does Rashi say later on? V'chein tasu, at the end, you shall do this for all the... Uh, keep doing this. Rashi says Lodoros. He quotes it. He quotes it on line 40. Rav Zevin says, we have this koach for, forever, for generations. Through our actions, we could sanctify. Whether it's separation, whether it's money, we could sanctify. That's the context that he's talking about. We could sanctify. We have chulin, but really it's separating anything. We could separate time. And in that way, sanctify it. We could separate any of our talents. I'm going to give a portion of my talents to the Tzorach Tzibor, to Chesed. And in that way, I am separating. And in that way, I'm sanctifying. So our life has to be one of category three type of separation. And in that way, we could uplift and sanctify so many parts, so many parts of our life. Moving right along to some of the kalim. Here we are, truma. Truma's about details, about materials. And we have the mitzvah of building a, a Beis HaBechira, a Beis HaMikdash. I think we've spoken in the past, the difference between the, the Beis HaMikdash, the Ramban. At the, the Ramban does not have too many introductions to Parshios. I don't remember other ones. But to Parshas Truma, he has an introduction to Parshas Truma, where he talks about Truma is a Hemshech of Yisro Mishpatim. It's a Hemshech of... Maimon Harsinai. The Mishkan is a walking Harsinai, according to the Ramban. That's one view of Mishkan of Beis HaMikdash. The Rambam has a different view of the beginning of the Beis HaMikdash. So we've spoken about that in the past. But let's get right into the details and into a clay yucker we discussed about a decade ago, about 10 years ago, but it's a clay yucker to review. So I don't know if we did everything in the clay yucker. So let's, let's focus on the clay yucker, the great Darshan from Prague. Aaron is the first kli that's mentioned. Ba'asu Aaron shitim. We make the Aaron made out of wood. Measurements are given. Isn't it interesting, says the Klayakar, that Hashem had to give half measurements for Kalim? Just say two by four by six. Simple. What is it? Two and a half by one and a half by one. Why half measurements? And specifically for the Aaron. Says of the Klayakar in source two on the bottom. The Masea Mishkan Vachal Kalov, Kfar Nimsu Prati Dineyem Betalmachalahem, Ein Lahosef, Ein Lagroa. There's so much, there's so much already written. Velonishalon of the Chadish Bam Dabar. What could I add? Everything's been spoken about. All the different Ramazim have been spoken about. And this was 500 years ago, the Klayakar is talking. Right, he was the chief rabbi after the uh, the Maharal. The Alderach Zehalchu Rova Machabim Lasos Member Muzim, or one of the big rabbanim there, uh, in Prague, and all the Machabim followed the Ramazim in their way. But let me try to let me try to add my own my own nofach. Let's turn the page for a minute. And he notes that there are three kalim, the Gemara Numa, three kalim that have a crown. The Gemara already notes this a zer, and that of course is the. Aaron and the Shulchan and the Mizbeach HaZahav. Those are the three with the crown. And the Gemara in Yuma Daf Ayin Beis notes that these three Kalim are parallel to the three Ksara mentioned in Perkiavos. Keser Torah, the Aaron, Keser Kahuna, <coughs> and Keser Malchus. Keser Malchus being the Shulchan. The Shulchan symbolizes Parnasa and taking care of people. And the Mizbeach HaZahav symbolizing Avoda, and that is the, and that is the Kohen. So let's focus on those three, these three kalim, and an interesting difference between these kalim. Says the Klayakar, Vakar velay lomar bazet. Lefishamru chachamim b'ma'alos, habet l'malos, I'm sorry, I, um, I, I skipped. He mentions the question at the end of the previous paragraph. Habet yamin re'eg. Ki gimel kalim elu hayu chalukim b'midas ha'amos. If you look at the measurements given for these kalim, the Aron, as we just read, they're all broken. They're all halves. The Aaron has three dimensions, all halves. And the Shulchan has some halves and some whole numbers. Mizbeach HaZahav is all whole numbers. Right, why is that? Right, the Mizbeach HaZahav is in, um, later on. 
So why is it? The Aron has all halves, the Mizbeach has all whole, and the Shulchan is half and half. Part and part. Vakar v'elai lomar bazeh. L'fish amr chachamim b'malos habet l'malamimcha. Says the Klayakar, when are we supposed to look at people who have more than us? And when are we supposed to look at people that have less than us? Right? The, the, the Balei uh, Musr, whoever it is, Balei Machshava, many of you are for sure have heard this before. We say in Aleinu, Bashamayim imal, v'yal ha'aretz mitachas. Bashamayim, when we ha- think about Ruchnius, mimal, we have to look at people who have more than us and be inspired by what, what we could still strive to. V'yal ha'aretz, when we talk about Gashmius and Artsius and mundane, mitachas, look at people that have less than you. Bashamayim imal, v'yal ha'aretz Let's keep that in mind as we read the Klayakar. When we look at people who we consider righteous and people who can inspire us, right? And we realize what we're still lacking. I'm not there yet. And maybe we'll have Kinasofrim, which is good. When it comes to Olam Haba, Ruchnius, we have to look up. We have to keep striving. And we shouldn't be Sameach Bechalkenu when it comes to Ruchnias. We should always want more. Look at people who have less. Remember the Gemara in, in, uh, about Rabbi Akiva? Right, the Gemara appears in two places Ksubis and Nidarim. But in the Darim, there's an element that's not in Ksubis. That's the case where they got married, Rabbi Kiva and his wife Rachel, and they're poor, because remember, Rabbi Kiva's father-in-law was Mudrana, he didn't give him any money, and from his riches, and they're in a barn, and they only have a straw, and the wife is saying that we don't have anything. And somebody knocks on the barn door, and says, it was Elio and Navi, you know, my wife just had a baby, do you have any straw? We need some straw. She's like, sure, we have plenty of straw. Rabbi Kiva says, look, we've, we have straw at least. That's the attitude here. Look at people that have less. Eyes down, heart up. And he continues. And what does Shlomo Melech ask for when Hashem says, I'll give you anything? Right? And then he asks, he says, I'll take Chachma. I'll take Chachma. That's what he still needs. Hamuchashos v'chulu says the klayaka the aron was all half midos because the aron symbolizes ruchnius and we always have to look at ourselves as only halfway there. There's still a lot more to do. Line eighteen. Alkein how you call amos haaron shvuros lahora shagaladam yedame binavsho kilu chasem nashlema. I still have more to do. Not not to push ourselves down and say I'm a nothing. No, not to do that. Right, we're still in the Shloshim Yom for Rabbi, Rabbi Dr. Tversky, Zechorin Levracha, right? And he always said, all of his 50, 60 books were about one idea, self-esteem. That's, that's what they were all about. So, of course, we need self-esteem, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't keep striving and recognize that we could do more and be happy with what we did, but always say, but there's more that I could do. That's why the Aaron is all half Midos. But Zorach Limdo, Radayin, Lamalos Chasrono, Kikol Ama Chasera, Mod Al Davar Chaser, the Chulu, right? Half Midos means it's only half a number. It's not a whole number. And that's why call Amos Aaron Shvuros Baorech Vakoma Verochav Keneged Gimel Dvarim Haomdim Keneged Masigia Chachmos The Chulu. Aval next Kli Aval Asholchan Hamarames the Sholchan the Sholchan has both. Some have, some not have. That symbolizes Gashmias, Parnasa, the Melech. Whatever we have, we have to view it as if we have it. We might only have half, but we have to view it as if we have it all. Right? Yeshli call when it comes to Gashmias. There's a half and there's a whole. So we have half, even if we only have half, we view it as if it's a whole. Not like Esav. Like Yaakov says, he quotes. 
Amnam Ksasama Yishvurus Or the way he says it is that we shouldn't have such a taiva for everything. You know, broken. Limit it. Control it. However you want to say the half. We should feel whole, but it shouldn't be that we have to have everything to feel that way. We shouldn't be, have to complete it, then fill it. And limit it. So we have the Aaron with its halves, because we always have to feel half in spiritual growth. And the, uh, the Shochan has both. The Mizbeach. The Mizbeach brings us Kapara. The Mizbeach fills in what's lacking for us. A person is a broken kli when they bring a carbon chatas. They go to the base of Migdash. The carbon, the Mizbeach, he, yes, it's talking about the Mizbeach Hazav, but to extend it to the Mizbeach Adama, which he does. Also, Mizbeach Ha'ola. In yin shneim la hashlimes ha'adam ha'chaser, mitzad ma'isav. Ki al-kol ha'bal ha'chaper ala'adam, mashlim chesrona. The Mizbeach is mashlimas. Also brings shalom between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ki ha'mizbeach ha'ola ma'chaper al-guf ha'chotei. And that's why. This little detail gives us an insight into how we're supposed to conduct our lives and the attitude we're supposed to have in all areas of Avodah Hashem. Okay. A little bit more about the Aron. So we know the Aron <laughs> on the next Pasuk, Pasuk Yud Aleph. V'tzipiso so zahav tahar mibayisu michus tesapenu. Line it with gold from inside and outside. Right, and as Rashi explains, there were really three Aronos. Three Aronos. Shlosh Aronos Asa Betzalel, Betzalel made three. Shnaim Shalzav Echad Shal Eitz. Two of gold, one of wood. Viarbak Salim Vishulayim Lokalechad. It's a machlok as we shown him what exactly it looked like. But let's say Rashi is like three boxes with an open top. And the outer one was the gold. You put the wooden one into the gold. And you put the golden one into the wood. So it was mitsupe. It was gold inside and gold outside. Says Rabbi Lamb. We're going to have two Rabbi Lamb. One on the Parsha and one on Purim. Says Rabbi Lamb here in his Drusha Ladoros. The Gemara in Yuma tells us, What do we learn from here? What do we learn from the gold being inside and outside that we have to? And every Talmud Chacham has to be tocho kibaro. Our inside has to be like our outside. Tocho kibaro. Our inside like our, like our outside. A scholar whose inner life does not correspond to his outer appearance is not an authentic scholar. If somebody's a big fake, and on the outside he acts like a tzaddik, and on the inside he's not, that's, that's a violation of tocho kibaro. It's gold inside, it's gold outside. The Zahav Tahar pure gold represents purity of character. And the requirement that this gold be placed within and without the ark indicates the principle that a true scholar must live in such a manner. He's always Tocho, always Tocho Kabaro. Asks Rabbi Lamb. Asks Rabbi Lamb the following, the following question. We have something called, in Halacha, Maris Ayin. What's Marisayan? Marisayan is, if it looks like I'm doing something, I shouldn't do something that looks like I'm doing something wrong. All right, if there's a restaurant that's questionable and not kosher, and if I go in there, then it kind of looks bad, so I shouldn't go in there. Say Israel Lambo one second. But is that, right, we're confronted with a problem. Look on the bottom left, page 148, where it says. But if so, we're confronted by a problem in Jewish ethics. There are times when Jewish law does distinguish between private and public conduct. Tocho kabaro. Yes, tocho has to be kabaro. But maris ayin, even if I'm not doing anything wrong on the inside, I'm perfect. So, why should it matter what I'm doing on the outside? The famous halachic principle, concept of maris ayin. We must avoid even the semblance of wrongdoing. Right, and that's why he quotes the Isser de Rabbanon. If somebody has his clothes soaked on Shabbos, he can't leave it in a place where people might think that he washed his clothes on on Shabbos. So he asked Rabbi Lam, now is not this law of Maris Ayin in violation of the concept of Tocho Kabaro? If in his heart a man knows he's doing no wrong, I'm fine inside. I'm not doing anything wrong inside. Should he not act the same way outwardly, ignoring others and their suspiciousness? I'm consistent. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm taking off my clothes. I'm putting it there. 
What difference should it make? Why should I have to be worried about what I'm doing outside if I'm not doing anything wrong? My tochu is kabaro. I'm doing an act which is mutter, and inside it's mutter. Why do I have to worry about what's on the outside? Says Rabbi Lamb, on the bottom right now, in order to understand what our tradition meant, it's important to read carefully what we just said. The Aran teaches us tocho kabaro, not baro kitocho. What does that mean? Tocho kabaro. Our inside has to be similar to our outside. Our outside has a certain standard, and we have to make sure our inside lives up to that standard. Tocho kebaro. But there is no demand that our external image be reduced to the dimension of what we really are like within ourselves. If we're not feeling something, well, I should be consistent and not act in an inspired way because I don't feel inspired inside. It doesn't say that in that direction. Instead, a demand that we keep up the appearance of decency and Jewishness and honor, and then strive for tochu kabaro by remaking our inner life to conform to the image that we project. Says Rabbi Lamb, sometimes we might not feel we might not feel it in the toch, right? We might feel upset. We might feel uh, confused, whatever we feel. So does that mean we have to make our outside reflect what we're feeling? That's, that's not what the Rabbanan tell us. The rabbis contemplating this inner perversity and outer glitter demand consistency, but in one direction only. Tocho kebaro. Do not destroy your outer image. Preserve it, like Maris Ayan. Do, look, do, you have to act in a certain way that looks mutter, and then act that way. Develop a great outer life and thereafter transform your inner life in order to equalize your whole existence. Right? We know this all, probably many are thinking of the Sefer Achinoch, Achare Peulos, Imshachos, Halavavos. That's Tocho Kibaro. Right? The Peulos and the Lavavos are Nimshach to the Peulos. doesn't say anything about, you know, <laughs> I have to try to make my Peulos like my lave. Those who reverse the procedure and act, well, this is what I feel, so I don't want to trick anybody. So I'm just not going to, you know, I'm not in the mood to daven, Rahman so I'm just not going to daven because I'm not feeling like it. No, Chazal say do the opposite. Daven and then make your toch like that. Be inspired by what you do. Those who reverse the procedure and act with crudeness and vulgarity because they think that this is being consistent with their real thoughts because it shows they're sincere, are ignorant and worse. Right? There's a tyranny in such sincerity, v'chulu. It's therefore naive and dangerous for a man to act the way he is. He should try to be as decent as the way he acts. It is not so important that I say what I mean. It's more important that I mean what I say. And therefore, do it, say it, whatever it is, and then have the machshavos come afterwards. And then he says towards the end now, to reject the principle of Maris Ayin is to commit three fundamental mistakes. If I don't care how I act, then I say, well, if inside I'm not feeling it, so then I don't have to do it, which really is a, which is a, in our generation is, is a problem. Well, I don't feel it. I don't feel it. So, no, the point is you do it. There's something called loyalty. There's something called commitment. And if we don't care about our outside demeanor, number one, it's a, it's a reduction of Kavadat Sibor the honor of the community. I don't care about the people around me if I act in a certain way. Number two, it's a diminution, diminution of kavod ha-shechina. I'm prichus kavod of the tzibur, prichus kavod of the shechina, and prichus kavod of myself, of my own selam elokim. A flippant attitude towards Maris Ayn represents self-denigration, a lapse of kvod atzmo, and violating the selam elokim that Hashem gave me to protect. I must undertake a conscious creation of a greater image, even if it is only <laughs> only in my eyes, and then proceed to Tocho Kabaro. And then he ends up saying also, this is, uh, he quotes this from uh, Rav Hirsch, he quotes this in other contexts as well on the last page. He says, Rav Hirsch even says, Right, he says, really the Hebrew should be, Right? The normal Hebrew should be, thou shalt love esreacha. He's the object. What do you mean, lireacha? What's two? 
says the first quote, it's very hard. What should you do? To him. Act to him. Do things to him, to her. Then memela, it'll, it'll flow. If you have to lereacha, again, the act. Or, right, then he quotes this also from, uh, Mishanichnas Adar, Marbe Besimcha. Sometimes it's hard to be Besimcha. So what do the Chasidim say? Act Besimcha. And then Memele, you'll feel Besimcha. Right? Smile, says the, says the Mishnah Perkiavos. And then you'll feel like smiling. And all the, you know, psychology uh, out there that you want to feel happy, start acting happy. And that Memele will feel. And that's the message of Tocho Kibaro. And not the opposite. And that's the message of the Aron, Mibayis Umichutz Titzapen. Okay, a couple of seconds later, on top of the Aron, we have the Kruvim. On top of the Aron, the Kruvim, V'noati l'chashom v'divarti yitzchom ala kapores, mibain shnei akruvim, I will talk to you from on top of the kapores, <laughs> between the Kruvim, ashal Aron ha'edus, es kol asher atzavehuscha el b'nei Yisrael. So we know the Kruvim, Rashi quotes, the Kruvim, based on the Gemara, had faces of children. Faces of children, Right, Rashi says on Pasuk Yudches, "Demus partsuf tinok lohem." Right, parts of tinok were the kruvim. So many pshatim given. Why a child? Why a child? The naivete of a child, the sweetness of a child. Just two suggestions this year, and just quoted from uh, two of the uh, the achronim. In the Sefer Lasani Basanugim, he collects here first from the Vilna Gaon. First from the Vilna Gaon. Children have a certain level of bitachon, of you know, a trust. When a child is holding the parent's hands, walking in the public, in this a very big city, but the child is holding the parent's hand, that's, the child has no idea where they're going, what to do. The child would be lost, but holding the parent's hand, that's all the child needs. If I know I'm holding your hand, that's all I need. Says the Grah. That's the message of the of the Kruvim, and that's what we have to feel in life. We have to know where it's, it's so hard sometimes. But Hashem's holding our hand. Hashem is holding our hand. And if He's holding our hand, we have to know that it'll be okay. Our parent knows. A child is lost in the supermarket, and all of a sudden, crying, 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 all of a sudden the parent comes. What changed? Nothing changed. The kid's still in, su- in the supermarket, but the parent's there. And if the parent's there, it's all good. And we have to recognize we have to recognize that like a child looks at a parent. And they trust because they know everything is in their hands. Number one. Number two, he quotes from Rav Shua Rizovsky. A second idea. About children and about youth in general. The pipeline. Darko of our Adibur the Dibur went through the Kruvim to Moshe Rabbeinu to Klal Yisrael. Val yado ba'ash ba'asah shel HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yisrael hu mibain shnei Kruvim, which are children. What does that teach us? That everything Hashem said went through the Kruvim. Uba'a davar l'rames. Shebeis ha-kibol v'hakli l'ktzlot u'l'kabel as-tabar Hashem hu'dumas padal yalad. You want to be able to hear and to accept and to absorb the Dvar Hashem, you have to be like a child. A child is a makabel. A child is always, is a sponge. Sometimes our children are too much of a sponge a little bit when we say certain things and then six years later they bring it back up and they say, did it? You don't have to remember that exactly. But that's what children are. They're always, sometimes you want to have a conversation with your spouse and like there's a child there. Can you please just go out for a minute? No, no. A child is always curious, always wanting to listen, always wanting to hear, always wanting to learn. That's youth. And that's, that's a sine qua non. That's a prerequisite for understanding and accepting the Dvar Hashem. Sha Dvar so. Yosem, he called who? Hayosem Makabel. Mishanech, Mislamed. Right? We think, you know, we celebrate when somebody graduates high school. Oh, right? But now it's college. Well, when's the last year? The last year, no more school. The answer is life should be school. Because there's nothing greater than constant learning and continuous. Right? Bechinas Na, we discussed years ago, many times, it's come up, right? Yeshua bin Nun is called Na'ar. It's called Na'ar in two weeks in Parshish Kisisa. He's called Na'ar. How old is he when the story of the, of the Eagle takes place? He died at 110. 
14 years in Eretz Yisrael, so go back 96. And then 40 years in the desert, so 56. He was 56 years old, and the Torah calls him a Nar. Because he had the attitude, of Yisrael Salantar says, he had the attitude of Nar. The attitude of always ready to learn. Always ready to accept more. He, he didn't leave the mountain. Because he didn't want to miss a moment from Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's, that's the Kruvim. And the Torah comes to us through the Kruvim. And that's why, obviously, he quotes famously, a Talmud Chacham is always called exactly that, a Talmud Chacham. Not just a Chacham. Because life's about always being a Talmud. Talmud, Tzarech, Ha'adam, Lahamshich, Lakabel, Od, Ve'od. Talmud Chacham, Nikra, B'Shem, Talmud, B'Shem, Shoris, L'Skadem, Tluya, B'Mida, Shiehe, L'Chacham, Ratzon, L'Hamshich, L'Hislamed. And that's what we have to, that's what we have to realize. Good. One more thought on the, on the Mishkan, and then we'll get to some thoughts on the uh, Inyana Dioma. Chavav, later on now, we spoke about the Aaron for a couple of minutes. Per Chavav, we get into the Krashim and the Yurios. Chavav Tesvav. Yasisas HaKrashim LaMishkan by Revi'i Atseishi Timomdim. Make the Krashim, make the boards. Make the boards for the Mishkan. Atseishi Timomdim. Right? And boards that will stand forever. Atseishi Timomdim. Says the, uh, says Rashi. Vasisas HaKrashim. Crush him. It should say, make the boards. Why does it say that you should make the the boards? From those that are ready, those that are omed, those that are designated. Where do these boards come from? Yaakov planted cedars, big tall cedars in Egypt. And he, when Yaakov went down from Beersheba, right, he planted them and he told his children, I'm planting these. When you leave Mitzrayim, take these up with you. And you should recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to tell you to build a Mishkan. You should know, have these ready. Have these ready. Amazing. Yaakov didn't even want to go down to Mitzrayim. And what happens? He goes down to Mitzrayim, but when he goes down, he plants boards there. He knew. He knew the Nevoah. Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. He knew what it was all about and how long it was going to be. 400 years. And yet he plants boards. When the Mishkan is built, what does that reflect? Writes Rabbi Ganak in his Sefer, the Birchaz Yitzchak, on line 6. HaMishkan v'Krashav Morim al HaEmuna v'HaBitachon Shahayu Yaakov Avinu The Mishkan and the boards reflect Emuna and Bitachon. Sha'af Shahayu Golem in Mitzrayim. They went down to Mitzrayim. Yado Ateda. It's not that they, they didn't know how long. They knew it was going to be a long time. Kibana v'Asidim Likarnis L'Shibar Avodes Perech V'Inu B'Mitzrayim Mikal Makom these boards come with them. And that's what the Mishkan symbolizes. The Mishkan reminds us that through the tough times, Hashem has a plan. And we have to be Mashkia also. The boards were planted at such a dark time because we knew there was going to be a tomorrow. We trusted Hashem is holding our hands to relate it to what we just said before. And he quotes the Ramban at the beginning of Shmos that we alluded to before. Sefer HaGeula. The Geula is only finished once they get the Mishkan up. Shashchina is a shruya bebateyem. V'chulu, and he continues turning over. V'shachanti besocham. Then he quotes something beautiful. He quotes, A chassid echa told him. A chassid echa told him. The Gemara in Yuma tells us what is Ati Shitim Omdim? A couple of different Shatim. What Ati Shitim Omdim uh, means. Number one, Omdim, Derek De Lasan. Right, we know that's so you have to hold the Dalad Minim straight up, because Derek De Lasan. Dabaracher Shema'amidim Es Sipuyan. The boards hold up the, the uh, plating that is on the boards. Ma'amidim Es Sipuyan. And Rashi quotes there in Yuma, Tsipuy Hazahav. Ma'amidin aide masmeros. The boards hold up the golden 
plating with nails. Means it never, never rotted. But Aderach Drush, Ma'amidin Sipuyan, Sipisa Yeshua. The boards are Ma'amid our hope. The boards are Ma'amid our Tsipia Yeshua. Like Shabbos Lamed Aleph, Tsipisa Yeshua. Line 11. Kia Krushim Ma'amidim as a Tsipia Ligeula. And that is the Hasidish line. But that's a great, um, <laughs> a great, uh, Hosafa. That the boards themselves, the boards themselves reflect emuna, and even mamid at sipuyan, and that's how we have to do at at all times of of history, especially at times that are more dark than others. We have to know that there are boards planted, and there are boards planted that are going to come with us. There are boards planted that we're going to be able to look back and say, these are the boards that are mamid at sipuy, these are the boards that are mamid artsipisa liyeshua. Okay, two thoughts, one on Zachar and one on Purim. One on Zachar and one on Purim. So first thought on, from Rav Nevenzal, on Purim. If you look on the Pasuk, we know the story of um, Shaul and Amalek, which by the way, this is, this is the year, this is the year to ask it. You can ask it now, it's going to be somewhat easier. But uh, the only time you could ever have the same Haftorah read two weeks in a row. Same time. This week and next week in Yerushalayim, they will be landing the same Haftorah. Parsha Zachar, this week, everybody's going to be landing, and next week is Purim. Next week, Shushan Purim's on Shabbos. What's the Purim landing is going to be the Maftir. So what's the Haftorah for Purim? Same same Haftorah. Same Haftorah. So this week, um, it'll be both. So if you look in the Psukim, in where Shmuel Hanavi is talking to Shaul, who did not fulfill the Dvar Hashem. First, Shaul thinks he did, and Shmuel says, what are all these animals? <coughs> so the Pasuk tells us as follows. Why? So uh, Shmuel says, Lama lo shamata, Hashem. Why didn't you listen? shamati, I did. Here's a gag. The Am took spoils, Sonu Vakar, to bring for Karbanos. These animals, you told me to destroy them? No, but the Am wanted to give Karbanos. But Yomer Shmuel, and Shmuel says the biting line, Hachefetz l'Hashem ba'olos uzvachim, kishmoa b'kol Hashem. You think Hashem wants Karbanos more than He wants, to li- wants you to listen to Him? Hachefetz l'Hashem ba'olos uzvachim, kishmoa b'kol Hashem. He wants you to listen to Him. Kini shmoa mizevach tov. Listening is better than any Karbanos. Lahakshiv mechelev elim. To listen is better than any fatty chelev. Next pasik. Kihatas kesem meri. What you what you did bringing these karbanas that I'm not interested in is like kesem, is like a magician, like one of those ov yidoni type of category. Chatas kesem meri va'avenatshrafim apzar yan ma'asas tvar Hashem. And the question asked of Nebenzal is, what's the connection between bringing karbonos that Hashem doesn't want to chatas kesemeri? To say that this is comparable. Rashi says on the Pasuk, What's the connection between these two? Because if you think about it, it's very different. Says Reb Nebenzal, look on line 6. V'tzarech bi'er ma'wadimyon atvarem klau. Halo kesem zechet be'etzem maisak samim. When you when we try to let's say whatever it is bring 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 up some powers from the dark side, the problem the sin is the act itself. Karbanos isn't a chait. The problem was that they didn't they didn't kill the animals. They thought Hashem would want these animals as as karbanos. What does that have to do with the act itself of of kesem? Vanir Levar Bazeh says, Reb Nevenzel as follows: Vehine Achas Minadrachim Lavod Vehemas Hashem Yisbarach He Akravas Karbanos Lafanav. One major way of serving Hakadosh Baruch Hu is Akravas Akarbanos. We can't appreciate it as much now because we don't live Bizmana Mikdash. But it was very inspiring. There's a Gemara in the Tosfos and Maseches Baba that when we used to go there, it would be amazingly inspiring. Again, most people in the world are not vegetarians, and almost all Karbanos are eaten. What the, the fats and the blood, which is usually thrown out, so we do a special avoda with it. But almost everything else is eaten besides the carbonola. So it was it's this way to serve a Baruch Hu, which we we hope to appreciate one day. 
Ubatoras haktores lufanav l'ratzon, and ktores v'chulu. But what makes karbonos special? And why do we do karbonos? Because it's fulfilling nachas ruach to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hakosim l'umazos afu osem maisim. The kosim also does actions. Umakter ktores, umakabalasik toelis, hopes that to the sun god and to the moon god, they will gain something. But there's a big difference between them. Why? Because the Oved Elokim, the one who brings a carbon, knows there's nothing really inherent about the carbon. There's nothing about this avoda that's inherently valuable. It's just that HaKadosh Baruch Hu told me to do it. Memele gives him nachas. When it comes to the Kosem, they give significance to the act itself. If I do this, then the rain gods will give me rain. All I have to do is this act. That's what m- many of these dark side services are. But, says Reb Nevenzal, so what happens here? If I bring a carbon that Hashem did not command me to bring, what am I basically saying through my actions? I think there's something in the mice itself. That's exactly what Kosem is. Karbonos have no inherent value unless HaKadosh Baruch Hu told me. L'reach nichoach l'ashem. Right? Mitzvah Baba Veira in Shas Bavli does not appear too often. Karbonos. Mitzvah Baba Veira. You think there's something inherent about the carbon? There's nothing inherent about the carbon. It's all about the attitude and the kapara. Right? Kain and Hevel both brought karbonos, but they had a different attitude when they brought it. Says of Nevenzal, that's why the chait is comparable. Because even in general, mitzvos aren't about just the action if it's not commanded by a Kaddish Baruch Hu for not fulfilling. Okay, there's God Vyose. Vyose was commanded, just not to me. But if Hashem commands me not to, so then that's something that, that we have to recognize. That there's nothing inherent about actions unless it stems from the will of God. And that's what we learned from the Chet of Shaul HaMelech. And one thought about Purim. I hope as Hashem there'll be a shear next week also. We'll talk about Purim also next week, but we're already, already within two weeks. I don't remember if I mentioned this within the past couple of years. I didn't have it written down. Um, but either way, this is something to um, to review. Um, I, um, I mentioned this, those who listened to the Navi shear. We did a Megillus Esther a few weeks ago. We finished the 10, uh, 11 shear on Megillus Esther, an introduction, and uh, and the 10 shear and one per Perek. We mentioned this in the Hakdama as well. So Rabbi Lamb again writes, if you think about the Megillah, there's one character that seems to play a major role and is mentioned over and over and over again. And it's not Mordechai and it's not Esther. They are mentioned, but Achashverosh is, is, seems to be a controlling personality or a central personality. He's involved in every story. He's involved in every parak. Achashverosh is there. All revolves around him. Nothing occurs without him. At almost every point, we're apprised of the feelings and emotions. The king is happy. The king is angry. The king is restless. The king is upset. The king is fuming. The king is drunk. The king commands. The king consents. Only Rabbi Lamb could write so amazingly. Anyway, so, so the Shaila is, but who is Achashverosh? He appears as a man who is feeble, spineless, unimaginative, and powerless. And almost every act that he does is after asking people, what should I do? So, what's the message? On the one hand, he's an essential figure. On the other hand, he's a mere follower. A weakling, a king who reigns but does not rule. The Gemara Megillah. He's a Malachacham, he's a Malachtipesh. What's the message? Says Rabbi Lamb, the secret of Megillah's Esther, and once we know this, it's, we read the Megillah takes on a whole new role. At the end of the Megillah, the Megillah is called Divrei, Divrei Shalom Ve'emes. That's the secret of the whole Megillah, says Rabbi Lamb. What does that mean? He doesn't add this, but I'll add it. The Gemara in Megillah tells us three reasons why we don't say Halal on Purim. The third reason given is because Akati We were still Avadim of Achashverosh. It wasn't a complete ke'ula. There wasn't a happily ever after. Esther was still living with Achashverosh. But there's something deeper. That line, I think, is exactly what Rabbi Lamb is about to 
develop here, and that is, when Megillus Esther was written and was going to be recorded for posterity, B'nai Yisrael had to walk a fine line. Mordechai and Esther had to walk a fine line because they couldn't write a Megillah that talks all about how the Jews, with God's help, destroyed their enemies in Shushan while Ahasuerus was still the king. And they were hoping one day to get permission to build the base of Migdash. So it had to be written with such finesse and such grace that it could be read on two levels. Shalom and Emes. On the one hand, it has to be written in a way that when Ahasuerus reads it, he pats himself on the back and say, I am the man. Look what I did. I got rid of this evil person who wanted to wipe out this nation. This uh, Hashem's name is not mentioned in the Megillah. It's not a religious document. You can read the Megillah as a Persian historical record of what happened. Prayer is not mentioned in the Megillah. Fasting is mentioned. But if we read the Megillah on a deeper level, Emes. Divrei Shalom the Emes. The hidden miracle of Purim. Right? Like our Futner says. Right? The other answer of why we don't say Halal on Purim. A Nes Nistar is Mechaev Halal Nistar. We say Halal by reciting the Megillah and reading it on the level of Emes. It had to be written in a way that it could be understood as Shalom too. So when Achashverosh reads the Megillah, he could say, yeah, I couldn't sleep. I figured it out. I got rid of... But when we read it, we realize how everything is woven together by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And in that way, the Megillah is an unusually splendid example of a diplomatic document which tries to accommodate the competing demands of Shalom and Emes. Right? The Megillah, promulgated by Esther and Mordechai, was of necessity addressed to two separate audiences, written for Jews of all ages, but also a document which had to satisfy or at least not offend Ahasuerus, his royal court, and especially the official religion of the empire. And that's why if we go through the Megillah, we read it on two... What would Ahasuerus, how would he understand this Pasuk? Hamelech, Hamelech, Hamelech. He thinks it's about him. And we know it's not about him. And that's the godless of reading the Megillah. And it even ends off. You know, if you want to see more about this, look in the other history books. Mordechai was, was loved by most of his uh, most of the party. And that's what he says. What's the message for us in life? Ahasuerus thinks he's in charge, but really, he was being played. He thought he was the puppeteer, but he was really the puppet, Rabbi Lamb says. And that's what we have to realize in life. In life, often, we feel that we're in charge, but we're just players in a larger scene. On a higher level, all these free single individual decisions and acts fell into an overall pattern determined and predestined by God himself. Here man acts out the role already written by God. The true story, therefore, is that man is both puppet and puppeteer, master and servant of his fate, molder of and molded by his destiny. Let us all, when we read the Megillah, recognize recognize the Divrei Shalom, but more importantly, the Divrei Emes. The Divrei Emes that this is, the hidden halal that this represents, the hidden halal that we recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with us throughout our lives, holding our hands. We have that bitachon that we learned from the Kruvim. And by the Hashem, we should be zochet to a Chodesh HaGeula, getting ready for the following Chodesh HaGeula, Benisan Asidin Lihigayel. Okay, again, um, today's shir was... Um, Sponsored, Lurafua Shalema, Shira Bat Dvoralea, and all the Torah learning should be Lurafua Shalema. So, okay, we'll stop here.